For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. Now, you may have heard over the past couple of weeks that we've been a regular assistant down due to injury. Tonight, I'm delighted to say that we've got a full house, and that means that Cole has passed the fitness test. Cole, it's a pleasure to have you on board, and I guess it's your long-awaited debut, isn't it? Yeah, glad, glad to be back, mate. Um, on the men now, so looking forward to getting chatting all things Spurs again. Fantastic, and of course, that shouldn't mean that uh, James loses any of the limelight, because he, he has done a sterling job over the past two weeks carrying the load. So, James, how have you been since we last spoke? Yeah, fantastic, mate. It's uh, it's good that we've got a couple of people to share the load. You won't just have to listen to me rambling on for forty five minutes this week, which is uh, which is good, I'm sure. But yeah, great to be back again. Cheers, mate. And we're also joined by another guest, and this time it's someone who say divisive on Twitter, but his opinion should certainly make for good conversation. He goes under the handle of Sava, and he joins us tonight. So Sava, thanks for joining us. I hope you are looking forward to it all. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that warm introduction. Yeah, right, very mate. much. Very much looking forward to it, and um, yeah, some some might say I'm somewhat marmite. So uh, let's see how this goes, eh? Fantastic. So uh, yeah, you're going to love it or hate it. But anyway, <laughs> let's get the social media bits out of the way first. So we can dissect Sunday and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Cover New Spurs app, where the podcast will be available each and every Tuesday morning. And you can, of course, follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at cois underscore com. And we're also on all the major audio platforms. That's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, you name it, we're on it. Right then, let's get down to business. And that business is the prolonged failure to an away from home in the Premier League. It's now, what, since January. Carl, we'll break down the game in more detail, but let's get the big issue out of the way first. Quite simply, do you think that Son should have been given a red card for that tackle on Andre Gomez? No, you know, I think we've one of the things we've realised this weekend is VAR is suddenly, you know, turning even those who were for it uh, coming into the game massively against uh, against it now. And, and that decision for Son was another one of them that you just have to look at and say, you know, this, this is a crazy decision that's now been given. Um, and if we're going to start looking at going down this route of, you know, if a player suddenly, you know, what are we going to do now? Referee's going to not show cards at the moment until they work out whether the guy is injured or not um, because of a tackle. Um, and then you've got to start looking at other tackles. I mean, look at Gwendouzi last week on Zahar. Um, that's basically a WWE clothesline round the neck, isn't it? Um, and if you're talking about endangering players and we're going to start seeing red cards for endangering, then choking a geezer around the neck and possibly knocking his head off, that, that's got to come under the remit of endangering a player, isn't it? Um, it was a freak accident. Yes, it was a you know it was a booking. He he purposely went to trip him, so you couldn't argue with the booking. But everything that follows isn't a result because of a malicious or dangerous tackle. Um, it's just a freak incident where a foot gets trapped on the grass. You know, you run into a Clyde with another man, and your body just goes over your ankle. Um, I'm hoping we're hearing things that Son may get that rescinded. Um, and if the FA and Premier League are doing the right thing, then it should be rescinded, you know, because the actual tackle itself is a yellow card. We've seen a lot worse than that in the Premier League. And you see cynical tackles like that every week. 
Um, and like I say, we're going to descend into chaos at the moment if you're going to start saying that the word's endangering a player because every tackle you make in a football game could possibly be endangering a footballer. Um, so crazy, crazy decision. But again, I think, you know, VAR, VAR showed reasons why people are seriously getting turned off now. James, anything to add to that or do you have a different viewpoint? No, it's absolutely correct, Cole. I mean, it's absolutely crazy that that they managed to watch it back on the VAR, um, see Son's actual tackle, which uh, you know I, I don't think it even is a foul. You know, yeah, he might have, he might have tripped him, but I think it's Aurier that actually makes a foul. Um, watch to watch that back and still decide that it's a red card. You know, Atkinson's clearly gone off the uh, the injury. You know how, how bad the injury was, and and decided that it was a red card and. I think it's it's a shambles all round. The whole point of VAR was was for them to, you know, be able to look back at these decisions and uh, and decide if the referee had make, made a wrong decision. And the referee clearly has made a wrong decision. It's uh, there's no one out there who who thinks that that's a red card for Son. Even the most biased Everton fan couldn't claim that that's a red card tackle. He's, he's literally just he's just nicked his ankle. Gomez, I think he's got his studs stuck in the turf and getting clattered into by Aurier can't have helped. Um, but there's no way that it's a red card for Son, and all it would have taken was was someone over the mic to to tell the referee to 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 maybe even just keep his decision. You know, it was a, originally he, he showed the yellow card to Son and gave a free kick. You know, I think that 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 probably would have been an all right decision. But the fact that he, he brandished a red card after that, after watching it back, is is an absolute joke. And Sava, obviously, if it does get rescinded, then the threat of missing three games from suspension is eroded however the Champions League is on the horizon this midweek do you think Son will be in the right frame of mind to play obviously he's quite a you know emotionally highly strung player let's say is his frame of mind going to be on the football pitch come midweek or will Potts rest him um I'd like to think that he'd be in the right frame of mind um but you know it's easy I've seen a lot of people today throw the accusation that you know they're paid so much, so he's got to play and he's got to be in the right frame of mind. But, you know, he's a human being at the end of the day. Um, he looked visibly distressed. Um, you know, some might say uh, that's the sort of tackle that can, you, you know, it can it can play with your emotions for a couple of weeks. But, um, I mean, for the, for the good of Spurs, we need him out on that pitch because I would say for everything that's going on, he's probably one of the only players you would say that, that's still rolling up his sleeves and, and giving his all. So let's just hope he's in the right frame of mind come come midweek. Well, absolutely. Especially when you consider that if Harry Kane has still got this virus that might be a bit of a bugger to shift that we might need to actually play Sun, you know, even with the circumstances of Sunday. But, Cole, if you look at the game itself, it must be said the first 45 minutes, dour. I mean, I can't really think of many flashpoints. I think only really was the Everton fans getting at Martin Atkinson, which is a sort of precursor for the second half. But... Looking at that first 45 minutes, you'd have to say that both teams were playing as if they just didn't want to lose. Yeah, I think you've got you had two teams, wouldn't you? That basically, you know, you've got out of form players, players that shouldn't be on the pitch, um, and and both sides potentially looking not to try and do anything too risky to you know possibly end up losing themselves the game. Um, very flat-footed, you know, the football's very ponderous and boring, isn't it? You know, there's no real life going forward or or energy. Um, and as you say, you had two teams that it was kind of neither wanted to get too risky. Both you could kind of sense almost thinking already that, well, actually, we get away of a point here, then we haven't done too badly. And as you say, that first 45-minute 
one, you know, it, it dwindled away where you just thought, well, there's nothing here to get excited about and you can't see the kind of where the spark is going to come from for the rest of the game. You know, we, we know at the moment, you know, we're picking certain players that we're carrying um, and when you're starting the game potentially with what could be nine men mentally, then you're always on a back foot anyway. So it, it kind of looked like that, didn't it? Two disjointed teams and two teams that look like they don't really have much idea of how they want to play at the moment. James, much has been made of our defensive frailties this season in the league. What do you make of this alarming stat? Us and Norwich have the worst clean sheet record in the Premier League, one in 11 matches. So I know we have our problems at right back, that's been well documented, but what is the more overriding issue regarding our defence at the moment? Well, I, f- I think if I knew that the answer to that, I'd be uh, the manager of Tottenham Hotspur, mate. That is but true, yes. <laughs> I think, you know, it's it's obviously an alarming stat it's, it, and it's visible to see on the pitch, you know, uh, whether the whether the problems are actually in that back four or whether it's, uh, it, it, it lies in the, you know, in front of that back four, who's protecting that back four. We, we don't seem to come, have any answers to it. You know, we, we've gone with Ndombele, Winks, Sissoko, all three of them at times. Uh, even bringing in Eric Dyer against Brighton, that, that hardly ended uh, hardly ended very well. Um, I think we just we're playing with such a lack of confidence that we always feel like we're about to concede a goal. You know, once you know, after the Gomez incident at the weekend, it was almost inevitable that we were going to concede that equaliser. I think I think even even Pochettino said it after the game. He said that our, our mentality completely changed, and I think it is a lot of it is mentality. You know, I, I think we, we go onto the pitch at the moment not thinking we're going to win, especially when we're playing away from home. And and after that incident, we we were absolutely certain that we were going to concede an equaliser. Um, we still don't know our best team. Players like Sergio Rio for me shouldn't be anywhere near the squad. Um, and you know, it's we we used to pride ourselves on on the the relationship that Toby and Jan had at centre half and how good they were together because they've played together for so long. Uh, you know, and we 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 pride ourselves on one of one of the best defenses in the league. Um, you know, you look at our last season at White Lane; they were they were absolute brick wall. Since then, you know, we've got problems going on with Jan. Didn't even travel with the squad. Toby doesn't look like the same player, and you know, Sanchez is the only one who can really hold his head up. I think he had a, he had a, a relatively decent game at, at the weekend. Um, but for me, yeah, you know, it's just not good enough. You see, I saw a stat that we're we're conceding the most shots on goal. Um, and then, then any other team. So if we're conceding the most shots on goal, it, it, it follows that we're going to concede the most goals, you know. Um, so I, 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 I don't know the answers, mate. I, I really wish I did. And, and, but I, I just hope that Pochettino has got something up his sleeve because he, he just can't keep on putting the same team out and expecting things to change, you know. Uh, we can't keep on playing the, the same eleven with the same tactics and expecting one week us to go out and play unbelievably well. It's just not going to happen. We need a change of system. We need something that's going to freshen the squad up and, and, and freshen the players up and get them out of this rut because at the moment it's just not good enough. Sava, let's talk about Christian Eriksen. Another forgettable performance from the Dane. So let's look at his key stats from yesterday. Zero chances created, zero shots attempted, zero interceptions, zero tackles, one yellow card, 16 times he's lost possession. So simply... Why on earth does he continue to be selected by Pochettino? And surely we're now getting to the point where regardless of his perceived talent, you know, whether he's one of the best players at the squad or not, he's no longer a guaranteed first-team starter. I'll tell you what, I think Ericsson, I think he's getting all this criticism. I think he's laughing, isn't he? He's, he's having a right old man of a time. He turns up, doesn't have to play well, doesn't have to worry about his place. 
he doesn't have to pass the ball to anyone in his own in his own team. Doesn't score goals anymore. Can't beat the first man from a corner, and uh, and he knows that you know an hour before kick off the next Saturday, he knows he's going to hear number twenty three and that he's starting. Um, why does he keep starting him? I, I I don't know. Is the honest answer. I I would be tempted. I don't want to rock the boat too early, but to say that it's very weak management to have a bloke that has made it very clear that he doesn't want to be at Spurs to the point where he's actually come out and said publicly that he wants a new challenge and is still being played. So for me, I just don't think, I, I don't think there can be any respect there for Poch. Surely he must have thought he was going to be dropped. And I think, you know, we, we're also at that kind of stage where he dropped him for a few games and, you know, I included, I said, oh, my God, we, you know, we need Ericsson, we need some creativity. But his performances have been so bad that he probably can't even believe he's still playing. And I reckon his teammates can't believe he's still playing. So I don't know. I don't know. You've either got to drop him and go with go with a Lo Celso or a Lamella or, you know, you know, whoever. I mean, even Skip or whoever, just somebody who wants to play for the shirt. I think what Richard, I, I would agree with that. For me, for me, there, this is where I would say, for me, I do believe Poch is being weak because I do believe you've got to cull this player now and say, listen, your performances are so lacklustre. You don't do anything, you know, nothing Ericsson does is with a purpose. It's always yeah. half hearted. There's no, um, you know, when you watch a De Bruyne or Silver on the ball, there's purpose. They're doing stuff with a purpose. They know what they're trying. They, it comes off. They do it with, you know, a panache and, and, and skill. Ericsson is wandering around the pitch at the moment like a little lost boy who knows he's out of his depth, like a 10-year-old playing with men. And he's scared and timid and he can't do anything. And as a manager now, you have got to hook this player and say, I'm very sorry, we've brought in the Celso. And I'm afraid now he is getting a run of games for me because you are not doing it. Whether it's a mental problem, form, whatever, you're not doing the business. And I can't carry a single player like that in my side, especially when we're doing poorly. If you're doing well, you might get away with it. But when your team's down and you're not doing well, he has got to be dropped now. And we've got to give Lacelso his chance and say, OK, here you go. You're in. You're getting a run of games now. Do the business. Ericsson, you've clearly checked out. And it's time. Maybe your time here is done. You know, whatever happens, you won't get a look in now unless we're down real bare bones for the rest of the season. Because the guy is actually embarrassing right now. Cheers, guys. Yeah. That actually answered uh, two of the listeners' questions. They were asking about why Lo Celso isn't getting minutes now. We sort of we bought him. I don't know what he does. You know, obviously he's a neat sort of player. <laughs> obviously, what he does for Real Betis. And I'm not saying he's a bad player at all. I want to see more of him. But you look at him and you think, what does he actually do? A couple of sideways passes. That's about it. So big thanks to Jason Smith and at Fut Cave for that one. So James, I'm going to ask you this one from I know Alan Gilzine. He asks, why does our pressing game only seem to appear about once a month these days? You know, we sort of have a Let's say Palace was this sort of line in the sand moment. We're going, yes, blown Palace away. This is it. And now, OK, maybe you could say Red Star at home. But that's it. It's just these fleeting little glimpses of what could be happening. And that seems to be the, I guess, the exception rather than the rule at the moment, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And it used to be our, you know, the way that we used to play football. And I, I, to be fair, I thought Everton did it really well against us. I think, you know... You, your, your defence starts in attack and, and if your front three are really pressing on on the back four and putting them under pressure then 
you know, it, it's really difficult to play football against. And, and we always used to be so good at that. You know, Harry Kane, uh, Son and you know, Ali kind of p- pressing on the ball. And Ericsson, you know, Ericsson used to cover the most ground out of everyone on the pitch. We used to, it used to go under the radar. But, it, it, you know, if you look, ever looked at Ericsson's stats, he was always covering 11, 12 kilometres a game, which is, which is more than everyone else. And, and that was because he was so eager and keen to, to close the ball down. And it just doesn't seem to be the same at the moment. Whether Pochettino has, has told him to sit back and uh, you know and, and maybe calm the press down a little bit, I, I highly doubt it because it is such an effective way to, to play football. When when we do it, when Ali and Son, yeah, you know, Deli Ali himself can do it all by himself. You know, I, I said it last week on the pod that we need Deli Ali to to get angry. We need it. He plays best when he's a little bit pissed off, when he's rattled. You know, we saw it a couple of years ago. I, I mentioned a couple of years ago when he when he got suspended uh, for for punching Claudio Jakob, uh, and and I think since then he's probably been told to calm it down a little bit because our form kind of tailed off after that, and he, you know we missed him. So I think he's probably been told to, to calm down and, and watch what he's doing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he, he seems to have lost that fire. And recently, the last couple of games, we we've seen that fire reemerge, and and he's huge because it, that that pressing game is so important. It is, it is what we play as a side and, and it is, it's terrifying to play against. So, you know, when we've got players playing with a bit of passion, a bit of pride uh, and closing the ball down, then, it, you know, it, it, it's a knock-on effect on the rest of the team and, uh, and, and hopefully it's, it's what we can see for the rest of the season. You know, it is, it's the only thing that is going gonna, gonna to pick our season up is if we play with a bit of passion and, uh, and, and start and bring back that pressing game that, that we used to be so good at. Okay, Sava, I get the feeling you're warming up now, so I've saved this one for you. It's from at Spurs JCM, and he says, if we descend into the drop zone, should Levy let Poch finish out the season or fire him midway? I get the feeling, you know, would you even let him have that long? Over to you. I, I wouldn't let him through to 10 p.m. Uh, 10 p.m. tonight. I, I, look, I've been very vocal about this. I think at the moment, I think we're showing a real... I don't want to say a loser's mentality because that's probably how I'd come across over my tweets, but I'd say a real small club mentality, especially as fans, where at the moment it seems that, you know, every time we talk about him, we're talking about what he's done in the past and we're saying, oh, but he had four great years. But when when you think about it, he's not delivering the goods, is he? He's not. And we're getting dangerously close to that bottom three. And, and I'm not sitting here, lads, saying that I think we're going to go down. You know, I think just, just having Harry Kane ensures we will never go down. But what, what what do you do? Do you wait till we're bottom three? Do we wait until we've, we've got to Christmas and, and we're 25 points off Champions League places? It's It, it just seems like there's a lot of sentiment for, for a manager that, that's not doing well. And, you know, a, a lot of it, I'm hearing is it's a blip and he can turn it round, but I think if we all look in our hearts of heart, our heart of heart, sorry, that he can't turn it round, can he? It's been it's been a very very long time, you know. I think both lads have already mentioned on here that he's doing exactly the same thing every game. He's playing the same players. He's being weak, and and unfortunately, it's the end of it's the end of his time. So, uh, to a, a really long winded way of saying. No, I wouldn't give him till the end of the season. I wouldn't give him till the end of the night. I think, Cole, there's obviously a sense in football, and Poch is the perfect example, where we talk about credit in the bank because of, you know, a good run. But ultimately, that has not delivered a trophy. And football's all about, really, what have you done for me lately? And if we look at not just this season, but the way we've ended, <coughs> you'd have to say, obviously, Champions League notwithstanding, in the league, 
not a lot. You know, it's been this sort of regression. So, you know, does credit in the bank give you enough standing or do you have to look at the here and now? What do you think? I think one of the things that we always know and one of the things, unfortunately, and, and I blame I blame Potch for allowing it to get as far as it has here in a way, because we'll all agree that he's done certain things with his hands tied behind his back by the board, you know, with what they would spend and the players he was given. But then at the same time, he's cut his nose off lots of times by dismissing the cup competitions and almost trying to like, you know, well, actually, cups build egos and we're in it for the Premier League or the Champions League. And there were times where you're just like, listen, don't, you know, you've got to get something on the ball, first of all, because it's going to be a spark. So the realistic things of us winning Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues, we're just not there. So go for what you can win. League Cups and FA Cups, we can win those. And we've had numerous opportunities where we've been in great positions to win them competitions. And Potch has gone silly with his tactics in semi-finals and dropped key players. Uh, and those are the times where you have to say he really hasn't helped himself um, with where he is is right now because if he had a league cup and fa cup to his name i think more people would be prepared to give him a little bit more time than he's going to get now but i do believe that like as we're saying his management at the moment if you look at the record of now one away win since january now let's be honest for a team supposedly wanting to be challenging in the top four and champions league side one win away from home in january that is abysmal and, and like, as we say this, that isn't just a blip. That is a serious problem there that you have to say, what is going on? Because we will have faced some really poor teams in that time and we haven't even been able to put them to bed. So I do believe, you know, I was, I am a Poch fan. I do think he's done some good things, but I think he's made, you know, he, he's kind of made a rod for his own back with the way he's dismissed certain cups, the way he's picking his teams at the moment and not changing it up. We go back to the Ericsson thing at the moment. There is not one Spurs supporter who would moan if he dropped Ericsson and played Lo Celso. There's not one Spurs supporter who would moan if Danny Rose wasn't playing and Sessignon was given a run of games. There is not one Spurs supporter that would moan if Juan Foyth was given a run at right back. So he's got the ability to put these players in and say, listen, I'm making some changes here now that hopefully could work and people will back him. But he still doesn't want to do that. It's like he's purposely pissing people off now just to see, you know, how far can I push this fan base before it all really does turn. And I do think we are getting to a point, you know, if we was to lose to Sheffield United at home next week, then I do think there could be serious question marks about whether this guy can take the club any more forward or whether you just have to say, listen, it's time. You have, you have done well in certain areas. You have been let down at key points by the board, but you've also let yourself down. And I'm afraid when you look at teams like Bayern, who are sacking their manager after winning the league the year before, then there are times where you have to say, enough's enough. You know, thank you very much, but we're moving on. Right, you mentioned the Cups. That brings me nicely onto the poll question I asked earlier. So, James, I'll front this one to you first. I asked that if our league form continues and it becomes an absolute bust, you know, top four is a mere pipe dream, wouldn't FA Cup victory be deemed a successful season? So, I think 130-odd people voted. So, thanks to anyone who did. Of those, 76% said yes, that would be deemed successful, you know, a trophy, something to celebrate. 24% said no. So what is your take on that question? 
I think it would be classic Tottenham Hotspur papering over cracks, personally, mate. I think uh, I, I've, I've never really... Whenever we've been asked these questions, would you prefer to win the cup and finish fifth or, or finish in the top four? I've always, always said that finishing in the top four is our is our most important goal. We need to be playing at the top level. We need to be playing in Champions League to to attract the players to be playing the big games. You know, we don't want to be playing on a Thursday night, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If if it comes to be that that is is off the table, which it, it very well might be, I think with you know if we don't turn things around soon, we can start start to wave goodbye to that. I just don't think an FA Cup or a, a League Cup win, a little you know, a little day out at Wembley, is going to paper over those cracks. It's very similar to look at the Champions League final last season. You know, yeah, we had we had an you know they were the best times I've ever had as a Tottenham fan. They were absolutely incredible. You know, being being out in Madrid was was absolutely unbelievable. However, it it, it papered over the cracks of of you know of what was a, a mediocre season again and. You know, it, it was the start of the stagnation that we're seeing now. You know, our league form at the end of last season was was awful. So, you know, I, I just don't think like a little day out at Wembley, a, a cup win, a, a brief something to cheer about is going is going to make up for us finishing sixth, seventh, eighth in the league because we need to be playing at, at the champ, at the top level of, of football. We need to be attracting the, the top level players, and I don't think we're going to do that if we if we're not playing uh, in the Champions League. So for me, I. It would be a good day out. It'd be something to celebrate. It'd get the whole Pochettino hasn't won a trophy. Spurs, a you know, empty trophy cabinet jokes out of the way, but it, it it wouldn't help us in the long run because we need to be playing at that top level. And Sava, what's your take on that question? Um, <laughs> tough one. I mean, I think from I I kind of agree there with Jay. It's you know, we've got to win a cup at some point. We've got to win something. Just for, surely through the law of averages, we're going to win a cup at some point, aren't we? Um, would it be a good season? Um, it would be good because, yes, we've got to win something. But it would also then completely undermine everything that he said and done in the last five years if he really goes for the FA Cup now. Because it will actually show, well, hang on, what were you doing? What were you doing the previous five years? Why didn't you go for this sooner? Why didn't he go for the FA Cup when when we were at our pump a few years ago and we had Walker and Rose flying down the wings, etc.? So, yes, it's very much needed just to say that we've won a cup. But but I agree uh, to the previous point that it, it's it's still at this stage would completely paper over cracks. So it's it's a tough one, isn't it? I just I, I look you, you and I both know as well. Dan, we we all know that he's going to do something. He'll get to the quarters or the semis, and you know, and then we'll have an Undumbele at right back, and you know, Hugo Loris at left back or something. <laughs> it, it, he'll he'll do something. Uh, it's just he's just got a history of it, uh, and it's why I don't rate him as a manager. So um, that's my take on it. I guess you're absolutely right in the sense of if we did win the FA Cup under Poch, you know, why were these not viable projects? You know, three four years ago, and why were they sort of such a well, not even a factor at all so it's almost a case of you're just sort of clutching at straws and yes you shouldn't be moan winning a trophy especially the situation that us fans are in because what we've not won since 2008 but it almost creates more questions than answers really but we haven't really got time to go down the FA Cup route because we need to get back to the game so Cole with all the reaction of Son's red card I think we almost forgot that Harry Kane didn't even feature yesterday so usually when he doesn't play the supporting cast step up and you know you have the likes of sort of Son, Lucas Lamella, etc., etc. You know, you don't really tend to miss it. There's always that argument of 
well, we played better without Kane. That certainly wasn't the case yesterday. So why didn't the supporting cast step up and do their job? Yeah, real, real hard one, isn't it? I mean, I have to say, I, I'm, you know, lots of people clamour for Lucas Mora to get more game time. Um, and the one thing I've said on here numerous times, unfortunately for me, Mora is just purely an impact player. You know, when he is given chances to step in and, and start a game, he very often fails to deliver or put in a performance where you kind of go, eh, he was just a meh performance from him, you know. He, unfortunately, I think Mora... You know, he's kind of still dining a little bit off the Ajax hat trick. You know, great night that it was, and he'll go down as a as a legend for us for that one night alone. Um, but I, I don't believe he offers enough when he starts regularly. Um, you know, I prefer seeing Sonny go up top if we're going to play one of them there and more wide. But I just think in the form we're in at the moment, neither three are really hitting the ground running. Um, you know, it was a nice goal. The, you know, the move from Son and the finish by Delhi was a really good finish. And that kind of gave you a little bit of hope that that's what they can do. And if Delhi can get back to those sort of runs and that calm, composed finish, then, you know, if those three can gel, then that's great. But I still think, you know, we always need Kane as that spearhead. And then, you know, Son, Delhi, you know, possibly now Lassell, so going off of him um, but yeah it just didn't work but I, I think at the moment with the form we're in it, it, it was to be expected that it would still be a little bit flat um, but like I say yeah for me Morris he always kind of disappoints me when he starts games unfortunately that was going to be one of my later questions actually I said well I was going to ask are we at the point where we just have to accept he's just a cult hero you know you should never forget what he did against Ajax but he's not doing it when he matters yeah, over, I... over 90 minutes I think he'll always have little moments in games, but I just don't think he... I think he's a typical Spurs player. He's just not one of them who does it regularly enough, game after game. Um, the, the sort of player you need to win you a title, unfortunately. You know, he'll, he'll have two or so good games, then three or four just average, where he doesn't really contribute much games. Um, and I think that's just the player he is, unfortunately. Can I just... Sorry, can I yes, just quickly please. ask him there, though... When we say that about Mora, what always strikes me is he doesn't get that run of games ever, though. He doesn't. You're saying, you know, like he, he has a good game and then he doesn't for three or four. I can think of numerous times where Mora's had a blind, I scored a great goal or got a couple of goals and, and then he's on the bench for another three games. And I, I wouldn't mind that as much if the players in front of him were actually performing. But to, to think that that was his second start of the season in a season where all the other players have been atrocious is, is I think it's a bit unfair on the lad. So maybe he's an impact player, but, but surely he deserves a run of games the same way Ericsson does and Ali does. And these boys haven't been performing either. So we have to slightly disagree on that one. That's fair enough. I think with Lucas, I think the mindset is he's not like a, a top tier player. He's not like expendable in the sense that Poch obviously sees Ericsson as, you know, almost must play, whereas Lucas is this kind of player who can flit in and out, and I don't think he's almost trusted enough to get those minutes, is he, James? Not at all. I mean, he's, he obviously doesn't trust him as much as he trusts, some, you know, as you say, someone like Ericsson, but he has to be watching the same football that we're watching. You know, how is he still trusting someone like Ericsson, who's consistently dishing out three out of ten performances? It is awful. But the thing that gets to me, lads, is, is that we're all talking about we, the, the amount of times we, we, we all three of us have said we've all said the phrase "run of games." Uh, we we can't afford 
runner games anymore. We we need something that's going to work now. Otherwise, our season is going to go seriously, seriously down the pan. You know, we we had you know, we had plenty of time over the summer to to prepare for this. We we've we've started the season so slow. What are we nearly halfway through? The, what, nearly a third of the way through the season. Yeah, and we. We can't afford a run of games. We, as you see, we talk about Lucas Moura. We can't afford for him to to start, you know, the next five games in a row, but not be good enough for three of them. We we need something that's going to work now, and and I think you know Pochettino needs to be racking his brain over over what he's going to do against Sheffield because that is, you know, that's going to be an absolutely huge game for us. And if we don't, it, it, we said it earlier. If he doesn't, if he doesn't uh, get get a result in that game, then he could uh, he could be really facing the chop. I wonder if there'll be any full-time boos in the ground, if that is the case. But anyway, we move on. Deli Ali Sava, he scored our goal yesterday. A well-taken finish, even though it was pretty much a gift from Alex Awobi. So he's another player who's come in for criticism this season. Obviously not at the heights that he's capable of. Do you think he's another player whose head is elsewhere, or is there another underlying issue for his drop in form? Oh, shouldn't have come to me for Deli Ali. Um <laughs> To be honest, I, I, look, I know a lot of Spurs fans will hate this opinion, but for me, I think Deli Ali is a typical English player that bursts onto the scene at 18, scores goals, looks really good, looks like a world beater, and then by the age of 21, 22, just kind of plateaus. You know, we've seen it with lots of players over the years, you know, the Aaron Lennons, the the Ashley Youngs, the Adam Johnsons, you know, all of these players, the Stuart Downings that burst onto the scene, these great careers. And yeah, he got some absolutely impressive stats. But again, these stats, it's the same as Potch's stats. These stats are years ago. So a lot of the fans will say, oh, well, you know, by, by the age of 20, he had better stats than Scholes and Gerrard and Lampard. Listen, I never remember those boys ever having droughts or or, or, or being as bad in, uh, for such long periods as Deli Ali is, um, it's almost an arrogance with him. I feel like he's swanning around like he's doing his boohoo adverts. Um, you know, where where's that Deli Ali that would ghost into the box that was was bite at, you know as the lad said earlier biting at players' ankles and showing that aggression and, and and you know I'll be honest I was really a, you know he scored the goal great and. You know, he still had a lot of work to do after the mistake, but it was that even that celebration, as if to say I'm back, and it was sort of like, mate, we haven't won a game for what feels like ten years. Get up off the floor, get the ball, let's start playing, and 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 that's how I perceive him as a footballer, just a bit of a fancy Dan um, that that believes his own hype, and you know he's lost his England place. For me, I wouldn't have him in the Spurs team, and. I just think he's. Uh, I think he's almost uh, believes his own hype too much. Yeah, I, I think I, personally, I think that's that's part of what makes Delhi such a good player. Though I think you know you need that that bit of arrogance, that you know that that self belief that, that you are going to beat players and you are going to do well. I, I totally agree that you, you to have that arrogance, you need to be putting in performances. I completely see what you, what you're saying there, Sav. But you know, I I just think that Deli Ali is out of our squad. He is the one player that even if he's out of form, we need to keep him in the team. We need to keep him playing. You know, Christian Eriksen, you know, he's 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 not exactly young. You know, he's he's done probably he's done everything that, he, that he's going to do. He's, he's gone as far as he's going to go. He's got as good as he's going to get. Yeah. The way he's playing at the moment, get him out of the squad. But Deli Ali, his ceiling is so high, and you know, he was was one of the best players in the league going back a couple of years and he has lost that form but I, I don't know if any of you watched Tim Cahill talking after the uh, after the Everton game 
it, that you know, he was speaking from a, from an ex-player's point of view, and and he put it really articulately that the lads come off the back of what three or four hamstring injuries. He hasn't had that hamstring strapping off for for a good two years, and, and you know it must be so difficult to to get to get a bit of form going when you're constantly out injured. And, you know, every time we say he's back, he has another dip in form. But you've just got to keep backing the guy. It must be mentally crushing for him to, to every time he, he comes back, he, he you know, he gets another setback. But he's the one player for me that he, his ceiling is so high that he needs to keep playing. He needs to, to have the complete backing of the manager, the complete backing of the fans and the other players that he's playing with. Because he, on his day, he can win games for us on his own. Of course, Cole, Deli Ali nearly undid all his hard work by giving away a penalty. So I think that's the longest I've seen VAR do a check this season. Was it the right call? Because the error wasn't necessarily clear and obvious. I guess at the same time, if it was given, you couldn't have too many complaints. So did we get away with one there? I, I think so. For me, when you was looking at it, I thought there was going to be a penalty because it, the hand is in such an unnatural position, isn't it? It's above his head. Um, it's like a desperate attempt to try and at least stay as high as the man who he was marking. Um, and I kind of, you know, when I watched it a couple of times, I thought, yeah, well, you know, we're, we're going to see a penalty given here because that hand, if you look at it, is why is his hand that high above his head? Um, so I, I kind of felt we did get away with one a little bit there. But, um, you know, luckily that, that went for us and uh, there was no penalty because I think if you could look at the Son one at the other end, you could say, you know, yes, OK, made a little meal out of it right at the death. But then there is a knock on his knee when he turns the defender. So I could easily see VAR giving both of those. And James, what did you make of Ndombele? Because this season... I think if we're being critical, we've only seen fleeting glimpses of the kind of player who's worth his 60 million price tag. Now, that's not necessarily any fault of his own. It could be down to tactics or, you know, manager not giving him fully confidence and all that. But he's not quite looking like the kind of player that a whole host of top European clubs were clamouring for earlier this year. I have to disagree, Dan. I'm sorry, mate, but I, I think watching that Everton game at the weekend, it was so it was like a Sunday league game. With, a, with an academy footballer dropped in the middle of it. He, I think he was the only player that really, really stood out as, as to looking like he was going to make something happen. He looked calm on the ball. And, you know, there's only so much that one guy playing, uh, playing a, a, you know, a, a fairly a, a far back role, playing almost defensive midfield, uh, there's only so much he can do. But I think every time he gets the ball, he, he's always, his heads are on the swivel. You trust him with the ball at his feet. And I, I thought he was, uh, he, he was the best player on the pitch for a good part of uh, of Sunday's game. I think he is a player that once he can get this fitness issue sorted, because that's obviously what Pochettino um, is worried about. Is and, it, and I, I totally agree at, at times. I think I watched him against Aston Villa on the first game of the season, and I, I was worried after half an hour because his shoulders were rolling. And I thought this guy is, is definitely not going to be fit enough for the Premier League. But that's you know that's an issue that he can work on. Um, once he gets that sorted, um, and once Pochettino has the confidence in him. To, to to kind of uh, to, to complete ninety minutes, I think he'll be our most important player. I think he, he was miles ahead of everyone else at the weekend, um, and and hopefully he can he can go ahead to be our one of our talisman. So so Sava, they talk about the Goodison Raw, and to be fair to Everton fans, they were in great voice yesterday. And I guess as has been mentioned, there was an, an inevitability about their equaliser, especially when you consider the amount of injury time on the board. So you know hindsight is wonderful and all that, but it all comes down to game management. Could and should Poch have done better with the substitutions he made, especially after Sun being sent off? 
Oh, absolutely. You, I mean, that that doesn't just apply to yesterday's game. Um, I, I think this is one of the big criticisms that's been thrown at him throughout his whole career, and especially now that we're not doing well, is he, his in-game management. Um, you know, when you when you look at that bench yesterday, you know, you go down to ten men. Do, do you put a do you put an Eric Dyer on to to sit and, and hold? I mean, I know it didn't work against Brighton, and I don't think he's great but you know he can he can throw his weight around and you know do you, what what do you do do you try and hit him on the counter attack but he, he just seemed to to do nothing and more and more and more you know we all sat there and we all knew the goal was coming didn't we um i think that's that's drilled into us as spurs fans when we're kids that that when we think we're going to hold on secretly we know we're not um it's you know it's like when you're about to be dumped by a girlfriend you know but you just don't want to check your text in case it's true so um yeah just poor 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 tactics um and i, I don't agree with um i don't agree with the taking off of, of Ndombele again I, I i agree what jada said like he he did look like a, a man playing with boys and and then when when his number went up i'm thinking Jesus, what, what, what is this man doing? Why, why is he the one coming off? But it, we're used to those, uh, we're used to those decisions from Poch now. So, yeah, just, uh, just an, an inevitability surrounding it all. Right, we've got a few minutes left. I think it's time to unleash Sava now. So we've discussed the talking points from Goodison, <laughs> but it obviously goes much deeper than that, doesn't it? So for you, fundamentally, what do you think have been the reasons for our problems, not just this season, but towards the tail end? Of the last one. So, you know, some of them may be mentioned already, but if you can sort of highlight even more sort of reasoning as to why, the floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's it's what everybody already knows. Even the people that, that deep down say, oh, I'm potching and we've got to keep him. But they know the problems. Look, for me, it's twofold. So, you know, we, we can talk about, has he been backed? There's the first thing, has he been backed? And when people bring this up, what I love about that is, no, he's not been backed to the point where he should be winning titles. We know he's not been backed with that. He's not been backed with your Dabalas and your Coutinho's and your, you know, your Pogba's. He's not been backed with those type of players. But has he been backed with sufficient players to not be winning six out of 24 league games? Oh, yes, he has. Has he been backed with 120-odd million in the window, which he's wasted on on players that he doesn't seem to want to play? Yes, he has. So, you know, it's got stale. Um, I, I I think for me, I think he's he's had a very good 11 for a couple of years. And I think now that he's been asked to, to, to find a different route, a different avenue than what he had at his disposal, I think we're seeing a man that, that doesn't quite have a plan B. Now that plan A is not working, he doesn't quite know how to change it. He, he doesn't know how to drop the likes of Ericsson. Uh, he doesn't know how to how to, to, to play the young players, which I've been told for years he's, he, he promotes youth, when quite clearly he doesn't. Um, I, I think the whole thing needs a new voice. I don't know what you boys think. I think it needs a new voice. Um, I'm not saying that any manager that comes in, if, if, if it happened tonight, I'm not saying a new manager is going to come in and we're automatically going to get top four. But I think in general, the whole thing needs a new voice. I think it needs a bit of freshening up. And I think the players would like to hear something that isn't isn't the same, you know. Um, they, I think they'd like to see some substitutions, which aren't always 
bang on the same minutes every single game and it's the same players coming off, uh, same players coming on. So for me, I think, look, I'll sum it up with this. I think he's a nice guy. I think everyone likes him in football. I think what he did for us was really, really good. But ultimately, he failed to get us over the line uh, with some terrible decisions in massive games. And that, for me, sets him apart from being a top, top manager. And I think he's lucky to be... I think he's lucky to be in a job because if you remember, if you're well, saying like like it was years ago, we all laughed and laughed and laughed when Wenger stayed and Wenger stayed and Wenger stayed. And he was never this bad. He never went on losing runs like this and he was still winning cups. So for me, I just think the whole thing needs a change up. Cole, pick the bones out of that then, please. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, you can't argue with the fact that for me, it, it it does look like it's all gone stale. You know, I think we said, you know, when when you just had a good eleven and you're not bringing players in who fight each other for the shirt and have some competition around the place. Um, we know if you look at people like Alex Ferguson over years, if you possibly want to be successful over a longer period as a manager, you maybe need to change up your backroom staff so that there's different coaches coming in with new ideas. Um, part of me just feels this season is one season too far. You know, I think Poch and his team have probably got a little bit disillusioned with life at the club under Levy and everything that goes on. You know, you throw in this new Amazon documentary and you can imagine that that hasn't gone down too well so I think there's possibility that him and his staff have kind of become a little bit disillusioned and tired of the so-called project and then I think you put players in that mix who've also become a little bit tired of hanging around and waiting for this project to ignite and for them to win things and I think when you put all that in the mixer I think you probably just got a really unsettled and unhappy squad there right now where as you say it's the same things that you've been doing for the last three years. And actually it gets a little bit dull and boring after a while. And I think we've combinated in this season that we could see this was probably one season too many for either the management and his team or a lot of those players that needed to be just be got rid of in the summer. You know, you look at the likes of Wanyama, you know, we should have just taken five million for the guy if it was just the case of get him off the books. You know, we're not going to use him. He's not part of the squad. But then you have a man, chairman who's trying to ask for 13, 14 million for a guy who's clearly shot right now. Um, and then you wonder why you can't get rid of that dead wood from your squad. Um, and I think it maybe has just become a season too far. That's hope we can try and turn it round because the last thing we need right now <clears throat> is missing out on that top four because I think that just puts a massive four steps backwards in the whole of the club. Um, you know, again, who knows how long it'll take us to recover from that point on. And James, you can have the last word, not that last word, but you can have the last word on this, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's, a real, it's a real difficult one, but if you ask me, yeah, I, I totally agree that Pochettino is very lucky that he hasn't been sacked. He's, he's very lucky that um, that he's still in a job and, and that he's we've, we've had patience up until now because, you know, another club could have sacked him. You know, it's just not our, our way and, and, and Levy's having a bit of faith in him. But for me, I think the point is that Pochettino saw this coming before all of us. You know, last, last season, while all the hype was going on, um, he said himself, he said this summer will be important this summer we need a rebuild were his 
were his his thoughts. He said it was going to be what did he say? It was going to be a heartbreaking rebuild or something along those lines, meaning that we were going to have to get rid of some players that the fans didn't want to say goodbye to, meaning getting rid of Christian Eriksen, getting rid of Jan Vertonghen, Toby Alderweireld, those kind of players that at the time are our cult heroes because they've just got us to a Champions League final. But going forward, he needs to get rid of them. And, and that's what Pochettino said. Pochettino didn't get that. He didn't get the, the shifting of those players and he didn't get the all of the players that he wanted in the summer. I think the the signing of of, of Adombele was you know it was, it was nice and early. It was we've got this one over the line. This you know this is our summer. This is this everything's changing. Whereas you know it, it just didn't happen. The the signings of of, of La Celso, you know and and Cessignon, I think they were purposely held back till uh, till transfer deadline day. Just so that we could we could kind of finish the the, the the transfer window on a high, rather than getting them getting them in and 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 then us wanting more because we weren't going to get more. We were only going to get those three players. Um, for me, going forward now, it has to be that Pochettino gets gets the rebuild that he wanted. You know, Sava, I disagree. I think he's a, I think he's a brilliant manager. I think he's uh, I think his tactics. You know, the only thing we could question is sometimes maybe his team selection. So, and a, a lot of the time, his substitutions. His substitutions. I agree with that. However, I think the guy he stirs up a squad like no one else does. I think he, you know, he, he reads the game and he reads players like no one else does. However, I, I think he even he knows that he's reached the end of the line with these players. But rather than sacking the manager and keeping this set of players. Why not keep the manager and let give him the tools to rebuild the squad in the way that he wants to do, in the way that he predicted he needed to do last last year? So you know, for me, keep him, give him a go. Can I, can I can I just can I just respond to that? Yeah, that's sure. All right. Yeah, no problem. So, so sorry, mate. And this is this is where we're going to agree. Uh, sorry, disagree. I say, um, well, you're talking about he can stir a squad like no other. But he has shown over the last 30 odd games that that is absolutely not the case. He can't stir a squad like no others. His tactics are abysmal. Um, I'm about to go right in on him now, as you can, you can about, about to imagine. Look, yes, he didn't get all the players he wanted. Yeah, no one's ever going to get all the players they wanted under Daniel Levy. We know that. If you sat here now and said to me, okay, Daniel Levy's going to give him seven new players and sell seven players, they're going to be the seven players he wants and he's going to spend $400 million, give him that rebuild, then yeah, absolutely. But we know what's going to happen, don't we? We know, Jay, that what's going to happen, we're about to lose all of these top players. They're not playing well now, but we're about to lose Vertonghen. We're about to lose Rose. We're about to lose Ericsson. We're about to lose Toby out of Ireland. On top of that, if we don't make the Champions League... I can see Sun and, and Kane going as well. Now, if that is the case, if these things happen, I don't want him. I don't want him at the club anymore because the other players they're not buying into him. Then they're, they're not buying into his methods anymore. And as as regards to the painful rebuild, I think. Sorry, I just think that's a smokescreen because he knows he's not doing well. He said for years, "I'm happy with this squad." It's going to be really difficult to strengthen this squad that's won nothing. And yet, he's still playing Ericsson. He's still playing Serge Aurier. He's still playing Danny Rose. He's still playing Toby and Yan. All these people that don't want to be there, he's playing. So if you want to rebuild, rebuild. Put in Carl Walker-Peters. Put in Tanganga. Put in Foyth. 
put in Sessegnon, put in Lo Celso. If you want the rebuild, make it happen. And then as fans, we can look at that and go, you know what, we're not doing that great. But that's because none of these players have played together before and we're building a team. But when you do the same thing week in, week out, one of two things is happening. He's either showing that he is incredibly poor or he is waiting for that great big payoff check. I th- I th- I, personally, I think Pochettino, he hasn't got the tools to, to do what you're you, you saying that he needs to do. I, I can't, this isn't FIFA career mode. You can't just put Tanganga into the middle of a Premier League game and expect, you know, oh, is he 21, 21-year-old 21 centre-half to, to just immediately acclimatise to, to the Premier League? There's, there is absolutely no way. You know, to, you look at someone like Tamori at Chelsea, you know, he, he's played over 100 games in the Championship. He's now ready for the Premier League. Tanganga has, has played under-21s football for the, last, for the last couple of years. There is no way that anyone can expect him to, to, to slot straight in. You know, in the same way as Foyth, from Pochett, I can but see Pochettino as international footballer. Uh, however, that's that's not it's not quite the same as as playing right back in the Premier League. And 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 Serge Aurier has got more experience at playing at right back. You know, it's I can see I can see what you mean, Matt. But I, I totally I totally disagree that Pochettino has got has got the tools at his disposal just just to play anyone and everyone. You know, look at look at this weekend. You know, I I, I absolutely agree that he was wrong to play Ericsson. but. Really, with with the injuries that we had, you know, no Lamella, Lacelso, he doesn't think he's ready, and you know he watches Lacelso on the, on the daily. He doesn't, you know, it's it's not up to us to decide who should and shouldn't be in that team. But he watches he, Ericsson on the daily and still plays him. For for for, for me, I, listen, I get, I completely get what you're saying. I completely get what you're saying. I'm not saying he's got all the tools he needs, but I'm going to ask you you guys the question, if that's okay, if I can ask. Yeah, sure. The question that I ask everyone on Twitter that no one can seem to come back to a reasonable answer with, I would say, has he got the tools to challenge for the title? Absolutely not. Has he got the tools to win more than six in 24 and to beat Colchester, Brighton, Newcastle, Olympiacos, Watford, and an appalling Everton? Yes, he has. If he can't get them beating those teams, when you've got managers like Chris Wilder, who doesn't concede a goal with what is essentially a championship team. You've got managers like Sean Dyche performing miracles with that Burnley squad. Eddie Howe performing miracles with a very, very, very Fred Bear squad with lots of young English players. Sorry, for me, it doesn't, it doesn't wash. He hasn't got the results against really, really poor teams. And this is a results-orientated business. And unfortunately, his time is up. He's got to go. Right, our time's nearly up. But before we do close off, it's time for our prediction game. So let's try and end on a sort of lighter note. But Sava, you make an absolutely great case. Thank you ever so much for uh, taking the floor there. Really great debate. So thanks, for sort of, James, for counting that as well. And Carl, I hope you're still there. But anyway, it's um, prediction time. We started this last week. Um, how it works is if you get the correct score, you get three points. Correct outcome, a point. The guests are going to sort of help each other throughout the season. So the guests got off to a... One point start last week because Steve predicted a draw. Cole, perfect. You got one all, so you're on three points. Myself and James went for a Spurs win, so we're still yet to get off the mark. So, Sava, you get the uh, first pick. What do you think will be the score come Saturday between Tottenham and Sheffield United? 1-0 Sheffield United. Oh, wow. <laughs> OK. And, uh, Cole, you can go up next, mate. 
Uh, I'm going to scrape the 2-1 win at the weekend, Dan. Okay, and James, what about yourself? I'm going to go 1-0 Tottenham, just a, a scraped 1-0 victory. Um, I'm going to go the same. We can, we're allowed to copy each other's scores, that's fine. So just to recap, Savas going for an away win, which might be quite the, uh, the toxic booze if it happens at full time. <laughs> Carl's gone for a 2-1 scrape, James has gone for a 1-0 scrape, as have I. So that's it in terms of the predictions. We'll see how that pans out next week. Obviously, we've got Red Star Belgrade in midweek. We'll focus on that come next week's episode. Um, I need to thank my guests. So like I say, Sava, thanks ever so much for your time today. I really enjoyed you coming on. You're not all that bad. Would you like to come on again at some point during the season? That would be great. Yeah, I'm not that bad. No, he's not. <laughs> Honestly, he's not. And uh, Cole, a, uh, I guess a sterling debut from you. It's great to have you back in the fold. Thanks ever so much for your time. Cheers, Dan. Enjoyed that, mate. Cheers, buddy. And James, as always, thanks ever so much for your time as well. Thanks, mate. Same time next week. Cool. So if you have any questions or comments for next week, please send them either to me at DanTracyNice83 or COYS underscore COM. Engagement is what we want, as we can then discuss the points that you want to hear. Also, if you want to be on the show, you can get in touch with me on my personal Twitter account. And with that said, it just leads me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. And as always, come on, you Spurs. For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.